We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather, the Turbul people of Yagra land, as well as the Woiwurrung people of the Warangiji land. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We respect all Turbul and Woiwurrung elders and ancestors and any First Nations people here today. I can't take it anymore! Good afternoon, good evening, good day and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to the new Blurt. Good evening, you are listening to the new Blurt. Tonight I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri Country, calling nation of Woiwurrung people. Southern Duke is never ceded, always has been and always will be Aboriginal land. Uh, good evening, uh, I am the Kexter. This is the new Blurt. It is 16 past 8 in Eastern Standard Time in the East Coast, uh, Melbourne, Victoria. And um, my studious co-host, Oh, once I is live from Vietnam. Hello. Yes, coming live from Ho Chi Minh City, and it is currently 4.17 p.m., so four hours behind you. Uh, yes, so in sunny, hot, hot, hot. Uh, so, uh, I was about to say Saigon, but technically it should be called Ho Chi Minh City. Yes. <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry. What was that? Technically, it should be Ho Chi Minh, but what? It's not Ho Chi Minh, or? Oh uh, no, yeah, it is. Um, I just keep calling it Saigon every now and then, but ah, uh, yeah, it should so, be Ho Chi Minh. Okay. Right. So, do we know why they changed it to Ho Chi Minh? Yeah. So after the Vietnam War and to commemorate and honor Ho Chi Minh, um, yeah, they changed it to, to Ho Chi Minh City. Um, uh, so it oh, goes sorry, by so either. Ho- goes by either. Okay. So Ho Chi Minh, was that an emperor or a leader or something? Or uh, He was one of the leaders of the south, I think it was, southern right. Vietnam. So hence why they called the, this part uh, or this city Ho Chi Minh. So he was one of the uh, revered leaders of the Communist Party back, back in the day. Okay, so when the south, so the exact, north, okay, he, he ruled, so the north was fighting with the US. Is that correct? Uh, no, it's the other way around. So south was America, right? So southern Vietnam and America were battling the northerners. Okay, so therefore the northerners yeah. would have been Marxist. Then I would have thought. Yeah, possibly. I can't remember the, the exact history, but yeah, something sounds about something like that. Yes. So at what temperature is it in Vietnam right now? Apparently in Ho Chi Minh, it is around about 34, 35 degrees. Um, oh but when you're God. out there walking, um, it yeah. is two, maybe four degrees warmer because you've got, yeah, yeah probably, because <laughs> of the uh, the extra traffic and the concrete. That Because um, you've got to remember also that it's a very smoggy city, so it seems to trap the um, the heat a lot more. Yeah. Wow. And and what's it like inside the hotel? Yeah. Is that air conditioned quite well? Uh, we're, we're just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. It's a cheap little accommodation. Um, yeah. It's no Hilton or, um, or Majestic Hotel as one of the famous hotels in the, in the, in the city is. Um, yeah, it's just a cheapie, but does the job two single beds uh, for Luke and I. I was going to say, at least it does a job. And because you're only there for what, another day or something, and then you fly out. Yeah. So tomorrow, tomorrow, I head out to Thailand, 
catch up with the other half of the family. So Kim and Elijah and um, yeah, spend almost just about three weeks in, in Northern Thailand. So really, nice. really looking that'll, forward to that. Yeah, that'll be really, really interesting. And and you went and you went to Vietnam for actual reason though, yeah? Mainly for, you're only there for a few days. So. Yeah, a few days now and then two weeks at the end of the trip. Um, just oh, to catch up with right, friends. Right, right, right. Okay, so because Luke's got his your your son's got his friends in Vietnam. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's why we we keep coming back here, and then we do the little side trip to another country. This time it's Thailand. Oh. So yeah, I'm assuming nice we'll be one. back to Vietnam next year, and then we'll go somewhere else. Maybe I don't know, Malaysia, Japan, Korea. Right. They're all pretty close by. I yeah, I've always been fascinated with Korea. Um, obviously mm. not North Korea. Um, I've, I've always been fascinated. Although that South would Korea. be fascinating just for other well, reasons. Just, it would be, just as, long, to see, as like, long as you got out. Take away all the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Take away all the um, all the government stuff. But it would be fascinating just to visit and talk to the local people. Just be, just be amongst them would be quite nice. No, it would be definitely. Now, have you got some show and tell for the Blurt Stars this evening? No, or if you're I haven't really. This? Haven't really done much this time around. Um, oh, okay. It's been mainly hotel visit, friend. Ah, uh, uh, so no real time for picky time. Dedication. No, no, haven't really done anything touristy or. Um, oh, but, just interesting. In fact, we've been eating more more Western food than than Vietnamese food, which is a bit of a shame. Bad. That's bad. Why? Yeah, very what? bad. Yeah. Why are, you, why are you doing that? You showed me a magnificent meal that cost bugger all the other day. That was, was yeah, that, that was my very first meal. <laughs> was that as good that as it looked? That is even better than what it looks. Oh my God. Seriously. That seafood yeah, meal. That, 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 amazing. Uh, so healthy. Oh, uh, that seafood. Yes. Yes. So that seafood, yes, was fresh fish where they have tanks um, on the side of the restaurant. You just go, all right, I want that lobster i want that crab i want that fish and then they just cook it so we just ordered um some fish some little um mussels as well so they were nice and fresh yeah in a hot pot was the, there was a fish hot pot and then yeah, they did a barbecue that. grilled fish as well yeah. so absolutely I wasn't delicious jealous at all. i don't know I wasn't jealous <laughs> i think i was Washed having noodles at the time oh uh, yeah a, yeah no comparison out, no. out of a cup <laughs> Instant noodles compared to fresh cooked, what you were having, fresh fish. Oh my god, I was uh, slightly jealous with that. So anyway, you're saying you're having Western food. What what's that about? Why are you having Western food? Two reasons. Uh, the area where we're at, there's a lot of um, uh, non-Vietnamese cuisines. So there's a lot of Korean, um, oh, that's even Italian Italian food and things like wow. that. The what there is of Vietnamese, my son is very fussy, so. It's uh, been hard to find the food that he would actually eat, so we've been just right. compromising. So, oh well, yeah. you know you can never live there now, so that's good. <laughs> exactly. Just got to choose he, a different he, area. You can't eat the food. Well, something else I did want to talk about. We 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 talked about it last week, and it uh, eludes a little bit to our backdrop, which says love. We are right in the middle. It started on the twenty fifth of November. The sixteen days of activism. I've got a, a lovely yes. no. I've got a morning tea uh, tomorrow at my work, um, and we've got like a panel that are talking about 
the 16 days of activism and what it's actually about. So it's going to be really, really interesting. And I've also noticed that a lot of the teal uh, independent MPs were wearing orange today as uh, a representative in government of the uh, 16 days of activism of gender violence against uh, women and LGBTQI, et cetera, et cetera. So so that's really good that it's getting repped. And also the Parliament House was um, shaded orange. Yeah, that's 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 a nice um, picture moment. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because that's the official colour for 60 days of uh, activism. So that was, uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And something else that uh, I came across this week, and if you haven't seen it, this might just freak you out slightly. So I'll see if I can, not in a, oh my God, that's amazing or whatever, but just, it's a really, really retrograde step. And it's hard to believe this is actually happening. So I've got a little bit here. I'm going to play it and I will share it. Zealand's newly formed coalition government's made its first move. It's acting its world-leading smoking ban to fund tax cuts. The country's new Prime Minister, Christopher Luxon, the leader of the centre-right National Party, agreed a three-way coalition agreement with the leaders of the New Zealand First Party, Winston Peters, and the ACT Party, David Seymour, on Thursday. As part of concessions, New Zealand First said it would stop the foreign home buyers tax and find cuts elsewhere. So just to be are accurate and understand what you're hearing and seeing. It says New Zealand government taxes acts as law banning smoking. So it's not saying they've got a law that's banning smoking. They're axing a law that was going to ban smoking. And this is their rationale for it. This is what the new government's doing. The legislation introduced under the previous Jacinda Ardern-led government would have banned cigarette sales next year to anyone born after 2008. Smoking is the leading cause of preventable deaths in New Zealand and the policy had aimed to stop young generations from picking up the habit. Health experts have strongly criticised the sudden reversal. Well, to go through all of that, we can join our correspondent, Phil Mercer, who's watching events from Sydney for us. Um, first of all, let's talk about this huge policy reversal. It was only a few weeks ago here in the UK. People were looking at New Zealand as an example. So I think um, that's probably wow. enough of that, but that's pretty bad, isn't it? It is. I thought it was going to be a great um, legislation introduced there that would have, um, like they said, uh improve the health of, of young kids and obviously as they get older not pick up that dirty horrible habit but the, not surprised that know, that party decided to go against it you know they're a they're a very warped party there's no doubt about it and um mm-hmm. to make the excuse that they need the revenue by killing people knowingly i think mm. it's just deplorable disgusting um yeah because we know that cigarette kills people my mum died from lung cancer yeah. and it was definitely 100 percent caused by the amount of freaking cigarettes that she smoked admittedly that's her fault for smoking them but um yeah. i'm not a big fan of people being able to sell stuff legally that you know is going to kill you um kill you, i mean yeah. i am having some substance now that they say that as well but i know when to stop sort of thing you know um yeah whereas my yeah. mum was just a a Cheney and she was addicted. Well, you know, I'm not addicted mm. to this. I don't have to drink yeah. it every hour. And we know that day. some people can be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, totally but it doesn't that. actively kill you as you're using that substance. 
No, no, it doesn't. It's only when you're no, drinking it in, in big doses, that's when it kills you or others. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, smoking, smoking, there's just no benefit at all. At all. No, or even absolutely, absolutely none. And really interesting, when I was in uh, New Zealand, it was just honestly, vaping was just absolutely everywhere. Um, mm. It was amazing how many people uh, were vaping. I was slightly, yeah, slightly upset, I suppose, because um, I always, yeah. I, I don't know why, I always have New Zealand on a higher pedestal for some reason, and I'm not sure why, but um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so that's yeah. not good. That's not good. But actually, talking about New Zealand, I, I don't know if we did tell people, we might have, but just to remind people in case we didn't, the Pataki Techie came firsty, firsty. Oh, that's right. Top century. Yes, that was um, pushed by John Oliver, the British American talk show host, over the last four or five weeks. It was indeed. And um, as he was wanting, um, they won by a landslide. Yes. I can't remember how many votes they got out of the 350,000 that did vote, but obviously they got quite a big portion of it. Apparently there was uh, 40,000 votes or something they just got rid of because they were um, were Uh, fraudulent votes. They were were robot votes. uh, I mean, John Oliver was rapped because he said that America, there's nothing they do better than interfering with elections. So um, he was... so true. Very happy about it. Very happy about it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, talking about people that uh, interfere in elections, what a segue. Losers only, it's Trump. China. Well, I wish I had some good news on Trump, like, you know, he had a heart attack and died, um, something like that. That would be All good. went to jail um, indefinitely. Yeah, yeah, any of those are good. Any of those are good. Oh, I also just digressing slightly, someone is nearly the same size as Trump, definitely the same amount of asshole, uh, Clive uh, Palmer. <laughs> uh, he's double, surely. Apparently, he is a foreign citizen. Of, from which country? Sing- Singapore. Really? Oh, wow, I had no idea. He's trying to sue the Australian government because he wants to mine the shite out of this country and kill any part of the ecosystem so that he can make more money uh, via his investment company, Zef Investments, uh, which is a Singaporese uh, company. And apparently because of that, yeah. he gets some bullshit foreign investor loophole. It's pretty dangerous and yeah it's 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 actually yeah he's obviously when he gets um, second, done his homework and chosen that very well for that reason well as much as i hate the man just the horrible human being he's not dumb oh definitely not yeah you, you don't get that far if you're dumb no well trump did just don't trump actually what is he, dumb what he... <laughs> I mean, he's actually stupid. He's an yeah, actual stupid individual, yeah. you know. Mm. And Joe Rogan's not the you yeah. know smartest match in the box either. So um, sometimes yeah, okay. you can punch people's 
faces in um, for a living and, uh, you know, and then you can get really popular. So, but there you go. But that is not what I was talking about in Trump Watch. In Trump Watch, what I was going to talk about is that they're looking at bringing back um, laws that haven't been used since the 1860s and 1870s to try, yeah, to try to stop Trump getting on the ballot. So years ago, the laws were made in uh, the uh, Third Amendment and the 14th Amendment of their constitution. And in those um, amendments, in one of them in particular, the 14th Amendment, it notes, if you have conducted an insurrection against the government, you cannot be um, president. Basically, in a nutshell, that's what it says. But... A, um, I think it was a, uh, a lower court in America just recently found that uh, Donald Trump had um, indeed uh, conducted an insurrection against the government. Okay. And that was she, going to be she, my first question is, has he been indicted for that? But yes, all right. Yes, he's been indicted for that, but that's not what this particular case is about. This particular case is about, is he allowed to be on the ballot? Because mm. what you got to remember is ballots in America, 50, 50 states in America, every single one of those states has their own ballot. It's not like here. It's not federally done. It's state done. And that's why it's such a schmozzle yeah. and such a shit show. And that's why you wait so long for some states and not others, because some states have a really good system and some states have a really shit system and some states have a corrupt yeah. system. Etc. Etc. Yeah. So there's no there's no consistency. There's no mm-hmm. you know um, conforming to proper processes and governance, and that is consistent across the board. You know, sort of thing. So yeah. anyway, uh, what they're thinking about is that they want to bring these laws back. That, as I say, go back to the amendment, which is Fourteenth Amendment and the Third Amendment, and that they were made in the time of the Confederacy, which is you know when the South fought the North, etc. Etc. Yeah, because yeah. They wanted to have black slaves and they were obviously angry because all of their slave labor that was working on all of their rice paddocks, etc., and anything else that they had farming was free labor. So obviously they're making lots of money out of it. And the North didn't agree with it at the time, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And so therefore therefore you had the Confederacy. Now that has never sort of I don't think it ever really completely melded. I mean, that's how they became the United States of America, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, the 14th Amendment and the Third Amendment was all about not allowing people, i.e. from the Confederacy, uh, going against the government. And so if they were fighting against the government that's making the laws for the United States, obviously they don't want them as president because they don't Mm. believe in their ideals, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, as you can tell, these laws are very, very old. But the reason they're looking at bringing them back is because no one else since then has done anything like conducted an insurrection on the fucking government. Yeah. So, you know, and, desperate and so times. it's never been amended or anything. Correct. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. They've got lots of super old. Mm. I mean, we've got lots of super stupidly old uh, laws as well. I mean, the KK Act conceived during that period has proved instrumental in addressing present-day issues. Noticeably, the successful lawsuits under uh, Act-targeted robocalls threatening black voters regarding mail-in voting and a case involving intimidating behaviour towards Biden campaign busts in Texas 
as you know, mm-hmm. uh, last year, uh, Nancy Pelosi's um, husband got hit with a hammer in the head. And, in the home and then, yeah, that was pretty not good. So anyway, uh, yeah. long story short, because we've got lots to do, they're bringing these laws back uh, and you'll see it more and more in each state. And uh, It's probably going to go to the Supreme Court uh, to whether he can actually go on the ballot. Now, mm. I personally think he shouldn't be allowed on the ballot for the exact reason that's in their law, in their constitution. But I also think that if you don't let him on the ballot, he'll scream like a little girl and it might be even worse. So I just don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, Sorry, uh, not like a little girl. Yeah, I'm, like I'm a, sure. I don't know, like a little, like a little Trump. Like um, a <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to be sexist. Yeah. Then, so. I don't know how successful they'll be. Hopefully they can, but surely even with the lack of money that Trump has, I'm sure he'll find money somehow and get good lawyers to, to stop all of that. Anything I to know, stop he, him from he, running he, is always a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, I don't think you better stop anything. It just really depends. It's going to go to the Supreme Court regardless because the other judges that are ahead of that judge that made that decision thought that decision was rubbish Um, and absolutely against the grain of what the laws are about. But the reason that... um, I was just going to say, isn't the um, Supreme Court mostly Republicans? So wouldn't just knock it on its head and just throw it out yeah look it's a really good question you said that i think it's six three i believe mm. um straight conservative democrat in the supreme court but it's actually interesting they've held up some stuff recently that shows that it'll be interesting like some legal proper legal arguments and held mm. those legal arguments up so I don't think okay. it's going to be fait complete at all. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be interesting. It's just one of those, you know, watch this space moments sort of thing. So, but um, yeah, yeah well, which we will we'll watch this space. So that's anyway. a year a year from now, isn't it? That they go to elections. November, I think November the second, November the sixth, twenty twenty four will be mm-hmm. election day, I believe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll be long. interesting. No, not at all, not at all long. But uh, with that, we will take a break. The Australia Institute produces high-quality research that has real-world impact, whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. Hi, it's Ashley Fizzamay here, and you're listening to The New Blurt with Wayne and Kexton. Yes, part in the USA. Uh, Wednesday, we are talking about Thanksgiving that is happening we in are. Uh, the we US are. this week. And I've got no idea what Thanksgiving is. Hopefully, you can let us all know. I do. Not, it, not that it's something we celebrate here in Australia um, or there in Australia, and considering I'm currently in Vietnam. But yes, Thanksgiving has been around since the early 1600s. Obviously, it's started totally different to what it is now. But in 1620, a group of English religious separatists um, left England and sailed across the Atlantic Ocean, um, seeking new lands and freedom to be able to continue their religious, whatever it is that they do in in religious thingies. They settled in Plymouth in Massachusetts and um, 
and they became known as the Pilgrims. Is that um, New Plymouth or Plymouth? Just Plymouth, as far as I know. It's probably oh, part okay. of New England. Ah, okay. Um, their first, they arrived before winter of 1620, and so trying to settle in a new country, not knowing the land. No, no fighting was done, which was um, a positive. So they did go in and um, do un, unthinkable things to, to na the natives of that land. Um, but, yes, they, they oh, apparently... Um, okay, so just back the track up there slightly. So are you saying that when they invaded America, which they basically did because it wasn't their country, so the native indigenous to America... They, the pilgrims just kicked them straight off their land or did they try to negotiate no, a treaty no, or what? what not really. Um, I will get to that in a second. Oh, but sorry. They, sorry. They, they didn't quite invade. They, um, there was only about 100, 92 um, settlers who arrived yeah. to, to Plymouth really in Massachusetts. No, 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 it's not. So it wasn't a fleet of, of boats yes. attacking. It wasn't them, a martyr. So it was just yeah. a small group. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so they arrived trying to survive. They um, allegedly befriended the natives, and so they learnt from a, a native Indian by the name of Squanto um, how to how to grow on the lands, how how to survive, and things like that. So by the by the end of the first winter, those ninety two um, settlers dwindled down to roughly half. So half died due to malnutrition, oh, wow. cold weather Nutrition. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so what by they, the following... No, I was God, just asking, what were, they, what, were they, what were they growing? Like, what was their food? What was their food source? What were they depending on to live something? Uh, it would have been um, whatever was native to the land. So corn would have been one of them. Uh, right. Is what I discovered. I'm not sure what else. Uh, they obviously would have had some sort of, sort of animals, whatever was native for the area. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so they would have hunted ducks, geese, uh, things like that. That would have been a plenty on the uh, east coast of, of America. Um, yeah, so after their first winter in 1621, uh, they dis decided to give thanks to what they learnt and, and that they what they'd been given and so they started this celebration of um giving thanks uh which eventually became thanksgiving there's debate whether they invited the natives or whether the natives came to them because they were having this party and then they yeah. naturally just um celebrated together but for 20 or 30 years or maybe 40 um yeah i think it's about 40 years till the late 1660s uh, when Squanto died, up until then, they were all living harmoniously together oh, and nice. celebrating this giving of thanks every every yeah. November. And so, so after after Squanto passed away, because he was one of the leaders of the of the native tribes of the area, there's contentious stories now that after he died, there was there was no longer that cohesion between natives and the settlers and whoever else was living in the area. And so, oh, wow. it sort of. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it died the the Thanksgiving celebrations, but it it wasn't that um, togetherness of community that how it started. So when when Squanto unfortunately died, the sort of the harmonious collegiality between the uh, natives and the pilgrims that ceased. 
did it? Well, it started to die down, I guess. It didn't completely die um, or cease yeah. at that yeah. point. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, they still continue the tradition. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. so Native people, no different to Australian um, indige Indigenous people, then um, after that, as America evolved, there was all uh, fighting between natives and, and slaves and things like that. And so for a lot of um, Native Americans, um, they see some of this Thanksgiving as, as um, being more damaging because after all of that, there was a lot of, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess fighting between all those people. So, yeah, so for, for a few decades, 100 years or so, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of bad, bad blood between all the different parties, I guess. Well, I mean, it's the old adage, isn't it? I mean, all the um, Americans that weren't Americans yet started flooding in and just decided mm. that we're going to take land and whether there was um, Native Americans <laughs> on that land, they didn't give a shit. So mm. that's basically what happened. And that's basically yeah, what pretty much because and that's the same pattern as what the British have done all around the world. They've done it everywhere. So, you know, mm. it, you, you wouldn't expect anything different because it's the same people. Anything same less, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Same yeah. king, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so. Same king or yep. the same hierarchy back back in England asking for the yep. same thing, more land, yep. more riches, more everything. Yep. So, yeah, like, like you said, a lot of land got taken away from the natives and obviously um there's nothing to give thanks for that from natives point of view and then i think i think that, i'm sorry Jeffrey. yeah no i was just going to say i think that i think the difference between the indigenous here and say the indigenous there is that they in in uh more recent years they have been working with many of the native americans working on treaties working on giving land back working mm -hmm. on reservation policies etc cetera, etc cetera. And those sort of land land legislation, et cetera, that is um, favourable to um, the Indigenous, that just hasn't happened in Australia in the same manner that it did um, in America and North America. So, yeah. So, yeah, the natives uh, get a, a hard deal. I think it's interesting that Thanksgiving, I'm not sure what back? year it was. Are you there? Oh, cool. Excellent. Sorry, I just so, missed the last 20 seconds. No, that's all right. Not a problem. You didn't miss anything. So uh, what I was going to ask was when did they sort of, because I know the tradition, I think the tradition is that it's, there's certain traditional foods that they have with their Thanksgiving, isn't it? It's not, I, I don't know if, if, if it's a sort of mandated thing that they do the same sort of thing every year or is it like Christmas here? You just sort of do whatever you feel like. Mm. Like it used to not be that, but it's sort obviously, of changed. I just wondered if yeah. that's sort of on that way. So obviously it, it's evolved over time. So originally in the 1620s when it first started, there was no pumpkin because pumpkin wasn't native to the lands because um, ah. Thanksgiving now they have pumpkin pie. Cranberries, there's nothing, there's no native cranberries. Or if there was, A there's slight, no mention of it in the early stories. Slight story on the pumpkin pie. Uh, India made one mm. about two or three weeks ago. Ness and I, we quite like pumpkin pie. We've we've had a bit of it in England. Celebrated Halloween for a long time, so we've had a, a little bit of uh, pumpkin pie before. But India, I don't think has, and she did not like it at all because uh, <laughs> wasn't sweet enough for her. So 
Yeah. Right. I don't think I've ever had pumpkin pie, to be honest. I'll have to give it a go one day. Yeah, I mean, you love Asian food and heaps of Asian food isn't isn't sweet. It's got that lovely umami. So I wouldn't surprise me if you did like it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a go. I just never had the opportunity to. But yeah, back to the foods. Uh, like I alluded to earlier, turkeys may not have been um, abound, uh, may not have been prevalent at the time. They may, I think, they were introduced species from memory. Uh, but ducks and geese were definitely around. So they, in the very, very first Thanksgiving, yeah, they would have been, um, yeah, they would have shot um, or killed the ducks, geese, and used other local. Um, foods that they grew at the time. Uh, but yeah, definitely no pumpkin. What else were we talking about before? I can't remember how we got onto this topic. But yeah, yeah, so it did evolve um, slowly over decades or centuries. Wentzi, Wentzi. Yes. They brought they brought turkeys into North America in the 17th century. So that's in the 1600s. Okay, so it would have been soon after, possibly. Yeah, yeah. So they might have been having them yeah. all the way back then. Mm. But, and it wasn't, um, the, the Thanksgiving wasn't practised all across the the country it was only certain colonies so it oh. was slowly growing um yeah so it's only yeah certain areas um in the six, 1860s during the civil war that's when president abraham lincoln was um oh, sorry that was abraham lincoln's presidency during that period he was the one who proclaimed the day as a national holiday for the most part it was being been uh, observed across the nation, not necessarily every state at the time, but I yes, it did start getting the day to off. Hold. But they weren't. I bet they weren't. Yeah. So Ab- Abraham's uh, reasoning was to urge Americans to unite and be gratitude and be grateful for what the country can provide for them, because obviously they were going through their civil war and they just wanted to. He wanted to make it um, a unifying event, which worked for the most part because uh, I think it was a Democrat from memory. Or, or something along those no, lines. No, 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 no. The see, this no? is the, the no. This is this is the controversial, and this is the part that's really hard to believe. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. Wow. He so was they a used Republican. to be good Republicans. Yeah, absolutely. He was a Republican, and he was trying to stop the slave trade, and he got assassinated wow. trying to do it. Yeah. Uh, wow, amazing. You know. Yeah, so his, fact, his party was taking hold. I think it was he did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sounds about it, right. Yeah, so yeah, it, he's the one who started that, that made it the, the national tradition that is in American. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I think it has spread into Canada as well. They've, they've taken on the, the national holiday as well. Well, uh, they've been doing, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've been doing Thanksgiving for a really long time, um, but probably not as long as america i wouldn't have thought um, hmm. what i'm not know, sure about whether, is whether whether canada um mimics copied the americans thanksgiving or whether they started something similar around the same time independently and then now they're both doing it at the same it's time it's been going they've been observing thanksgiving in canada for for 402 years oh wow even longer yeah oh, hang on. yeah yeah it yeah, doesn't longer. make sense but it says even hmm. longer yeah Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, so there you go. But um, I'm quite surprised by that. So uh, I'm not surprised that they were obviously observing Thanksgiving, but I was... And the, and the interesting thing is when uh, those Americans or those um, Canadians uh, come out, 
and go overseas and go to live somewhere, they still celebrate their um, Thanksgiving um, in the country mm. where they've uh, come from, yeah. which, is, which is quite cool, especially if you know those people mm. and you get an invite. It would but, be amazing. What's, uh, so, so, okay, so do you know what food is sort of meant to be served at Thanksgiving? I mean, obviously we know the turkey, but I think there's other particular sides that are meant to be there as well. Uh, other than cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie, they're the only things I know of. Right, okay. I, I thought there was like these, I don't know, these, I think mashed potato is something that's almost yeah, mandated for them to have. Um, yeah, everything that's like a, a comfort food that'll that'll fill you up, apparently. So, um, I, I guess um, because it's heading into the cold season, you want something big and heavy and stodgy. I guess. No, it sounds about right. It sounds about it's right. Get you through winter. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for the history on that, Wensy. I'm going to be very quick here. I thought I'd just talk about what they actually do with the um, Thanksgiving dinner uh, in the White House. And this is something right. that they do. They they do it every year. And uh, this year, President Biden will pardon Liberty and Bell, which is two 42-pound turkeys hailing from Wilmar, Minnesota, on the south lawn of White House on November the 20th. Now, the only thing I can think about this is that when you're pardoning them, there they are, pardoned in their hotel suite. What? Living, living better than you do. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'd be happy to be in that hotel right now. Yeah, I, I bet you would. So would I. So Liberty and Bella unpacked and settled nicely in their special suite at the Intercontinental. Time to get some rest before they meet President of the US at the White House. So, oh. no. So when they pardon them, the whole idea of the history of the presidential. It started in 1947. And the whole idea was that um, President Truman, Harry Truman, received two turkeys in December 1948. He noted the birds would come in handy for Christmas dinner. That said, over the following decade, some presidents informally spared the lives of their gifted turkeys from time to time. So 63, President Kennedy saved a turkey that had been sent to him by the poultry industry, saying he would just let this one grow, according to the mm -hmm. National Archives. In 78, Lady Rosalind Carter, Jimmy Carter's wife, followed suit, sending that year's turkey to live out its day. So it looks like it's a tradition that's been happening since about 1947, I think. So these days, the pardoned Thanksgiving turkeys live out their days, in, which is very nice. After their whirlwind visit to Washington, D.C., this year's turkeys, Liberty and Bell, will return to their home state of Minnesota and will be cared for by the University of Minnesota's College of Food, Agricultural and Natural, Natural Resource Scientists and will be on the university's lecturer's professor table the year after. No, that's not true. You can imagine... The wonderful care they're going to get from students and veterinarians and professors and vegans. Uh, Steve Lichen, chairman of the National Ooh. Turkey Federation, told the Associated Press. So that is a good story. So that's why they pardon the turkeys. And um, that's right. So there you go. Right. All a little do, bit weird. Do you think but... they pardon those two turkeys because do you think they pardon those two um, turkeys because they don't want to talk about the other 10 million turkeys that get Dropped. raised and killed for <laughs> for Thanksgiving meals? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say that's exactly what it's like. Yup, yup, yeah. yup, yup. But not that I'm anyway, a vegetarian or vegan, but yes, I, I find know, it a but bit that's ironic. What, 
that's one for the one for the vegans. At least there's two that are being saved. So, yeah. you know, all you turkeys out there, get out there and do your best, and you might get picked by the president one day and get saved. Ooh. So, gotta be yeah. honest though, I'm not a big turkey fan. I like eating turkey. Yeah, In fact, I can't remember the last yeah. time I did. I would yeah. rather eat chicken or duck, and I don't even eat duck very much. Um, I'd rather yeah. eat chicken any day than turkey. So, yeah, you know. yeah, I'm not a big so, fan either. Oh, yeah. I mean, as they get older, I don't know. I just find it, I just find it harder at times to, I don't know, eat animals. Um, mm. <laughs> I, I might, might just be getting softer as they get older. I don't know. But, uh, um, some would say in the head. But with that, and now it's time for Where Nature Calls with Wensi and the Kickster on the new. Oh, there, big fella. That's the wrong nature calling. Oh, right. Here is our new segment, Nature Calls, to the wonderful world of... Wonderful world. Sorry, Wenty. Okay. All right. Seeing as I am in Vietnam, I yes. chose a, an animal that is um, local to, to Vietnam. The one that I've chosen is the red-shanked duoc. Duoc in right. Vietnamese means torch, and you'll see why in a moment why they've called it um, a torch, uh, or what looks like a torch. It's a critically endangered um, primate um, found oh, okay. in central central Vietnam, parts of Laos, and potentially in parts of Cambodia as well. Um, they're known for their striking yellow fur and black face and some bright red forearms. Um, uh, yeah, and they live up to around about one and a half thousand meters um, in elevation. Um, they prefer evergreen, semi-green uh, forests, critically endangered. Um, they're herbivores. They mainly eat leaves, fruits, flowers, Sometimes they're known to eat insects and small vertebrates as well. Uh, like most primates, they're very um, socially cohesive. Um, oh, excuse me. They live up to, in groups of up to twenty individuals, having an alpha and a an alpha male and an alpha female. So they do um, roam around and protect their their territory quite well. Uh, the female red shank duck gives birth to one or two offspring per year. So, um, uh, yeah, so obviously not enough to, uh, offspring to counteract their loss of, loss of habitat, which is what is endangering their lives at the moment. Um, I was going to say, so where they live, I gather, what are they cutting down their forest for furniture? Or yeah, what are they for... Doing? Yeah, for furniture and and ar 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 and for living, yes. So here's a picture of the red shanked duck. Right. Super cute. That, that, it is an amazing animal, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, just when you're in Vietnam, I mean, because I don't know a lot about it, um, is there monkeys running around all the time? No, no. No, definitely not. Um, there's reserves right. and places outside of cities. Uh, I don't think, right. think there's many down south because it's the Mekong Delta, which is where the big um, Mekong River ends up into the ocean. It's mostly flat. 
as you travel yeah. further north, you get into the highlands and more mountainous regions, regions, and that's where you'll probably right. see more, more right. monkeys. It is, it is. So for those listening, uh, top half of the face is quite orange, and bottom half of the face is white. It has a like a big beard, like a Santa beard almost, um, covering its around its face up to its ears, and yeah, black and grey body, and so yeah. Dwarf, you, which is torch. Do you know if if it wasn't so cute, you could actually say it's got a bit of Donald Trump about it, but it's <laughs> uh, it's way cuter than a Trump. Um, yeah, so obviously there's conservation, but, but it does have um, an orange face. It does, it does. So I've got a map here of um, of the region where it's, oh wow where where they live. So. Wow. Basically, the southern, uh, the bottom half, no, so the middle of Vietnam, and just uh, south of the of the middle of Vietnam. So you can see that uh, so, that red circle. Yeah. So to yeah, fly from Ho Chi Minh to Thailand, what's that take? Half an hour. Uh, Forty-five. About minutes? ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Hour and a half. So yeah, just on a. So is that about? Melbourne to Sydney, is that right, or is it not? Yeah, it yeah. So maybe Melbourne, uh, maybe Brisbane, Canberra. Brisbane, Canberra. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. yeah um, and my and how many of them was... left now? Oh, uh, that I couldn't find, but yeah, it's on the scale of extinction. They're critically endangered. That's where um, they are. They're pretty much. Yeah. That's. Uh, two steps away from being completely extinct. So the next step up, if, That's if lovely, um, isn't it? conservation Beautiful. efforts aren't improved, means, yeah, they'll be extinct in the wild because obviously there's some in captivity. Um, and then the last yeah. step would be if they all died, even those in captivity, then they're completely extinct. So, yeah, pretty dire. Is there any... Um... Uh, is there any organisations that are um, actively uh, trying to uh, rehabilitate the population of these animals? Yeah, I did come across a couple. I can't remember the names. I, did, uh, I forgot to take note of those, but I will put them in the show notes. But, yeah, there, there are some yeah, organisations no, that are trying to protect the uh, region, the environment, so the forests don't get cut down. And, obviously, the ones that are orphaned and... Um, or found uh, away from those forests that have been cut down, they try to rehabilitate them and, and relocate them and things like that. So I will put those uh, the, those organisations in the show notes. Can you believe in the world that we live in now? You probably can, but the amount of energy that everything gives out, you know, whether it's industrial or humans or et cetera, et cetera. In 2024, 2023, 2% of that energy is by animals in the wild. Is that all? That's how low it is. That's pretty. That's pretty that's low. low yeah. That's pretty terrible. That's yeah. Because that's how many so humans are many uh, species have been extinct and have gone extinct and etc. Et yes. Mm. Well, no, not just humans, but I mean energy from industrial as well, uh, especially uh, okay, yeah, yeah. industrial. So all of the energy that they are using and this planet, and then humans on top of that. Yeah, animals are really, really small portion which mm. is, um, yeah, very sad, very sad. And it's the same since there's more, there's certain tigers in America 
there's certain tigers in America, there's more in America in captivity than there are in the wild where they're actually uh, native, which is pretty freaking sad. So, Yeah, very sad. We have a little bit of hope coming. So this is a bit of hope Mm -hmm. coming. See this one? Mm -hmm. That one there is the infamous, because you've probably heard of it, the black rhinoceros. And it's been endangered for quite a long time now. And in between 60 and 95, there was 2,500 of them in the world, which is not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and But Africa's been doing a really, really good job um, lately. And uh, they've now got their population up to 5,000. And today, it's 5,500. So, there are people trying to, you know, do the best um, and, and, and do better, which... Which is good, mm. but it's still That's not. What good. we need, we need more people like but, that. You know, more organisations doing that. It's better than them being extinct, I suppose. But uh, this is another one. This one is called Abaji. When it comes up, um, just waiting for yep, we it. Can see that. That one is. Um, it's found in the Yangtze River in China in a river, and it's oh, called wow, the okay. Yangtze River Dolphin. However, in 2006, the Abaji Dolphin was declared functionally extinct. There's only three Yangtze River dolphins were found in an expedition expedition in 2007. Three. Wow, three. Not 300, three. <clears throat> That's not much. They have not been effective in preventing incidental deaths, no, of the Yangtze River dolphin. And this is the first time in history that an entire species of dolphin has been wiped off the planet. Because and I'm guessing that, so, of that is because of as sad and as parts of that river. Oh, for sure, because they let so much shit go into the river, don't they? So correct. Uh, Yangtze's got heaps of stuff in it, so you know. Yeah, it's terrible. The Sayola, another endangered species. There's good stories. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the bad is outweighing the good. But we need to know yeah. about this because we don't know about them. We yeah. can't do anything about them. So it's an Asian unicorn. Yeah. And it's rarely seen these days. The animal's quite large and has been around since 1992. Only on rare occasions. It hasn't been seen very often at all. And you're going to love this. And is found only in the Annamite Mountains of Laos and Vietnam. Oh, wow. Must be close to that area that we were talking about before. It can be identified. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, By two parallel horns with sharp ends on both males and females, which can grow to 20 inches in length. Vietnamese, in Vietnamese, it resembles a cattle or an antelope and have striking patches on its face. So, yeah, so that one's uh, critically endangered as well. Um, And then you've got the Cross River Gorilla. Um, it's found along the Cameroon-Nigerian border. There's only two to 300 of these babies left as well. Um, it's just a beautiful picture. I will show this one. So it's, I mean, people that have never really uh, seen um, gorillas or in the wild, which I assume is most of the, us, or you have never seen a documentary on them and you have an idea or you have a... Um, a perception that they're a aggressive animal, etc. When you see, you know, when you see those sort of pictures, it's like I think our perception is all up the shitty. So 
Uh, Wenzi's left us for a little while, but that's okay because we're nearly. Uh, I'm, we're nearly I'm still out. here. I'm still that's here. Right. I've that's just, not a problem. Um... But this will be my last one for the tonight because I don't want to bring the uh, blurtzes down anymore. But it's really important we know because we need to support. If we don't know, we can't help. So I'll have these uh, links in the show notes as always. This is the leatherback, the leatherback sea turtle. Mm -hmm. Um, just an amazing, amazing creature. I think they live up to 200 years old or even more than that, I believe. Um, just incredible. Uh, it's, it's the largest sea turtle species found in the world. Um, globally, leatherback status, according to IUCN, is listed as vulnerable, but many subpopulations in the Pacific and Southwest are critically endangered. There once was more than 120,000 adult female leatherback sea turtles, but today the number's only down to 20,000. So that is a very, very big drop. And apparently those numbers are declining, which is not good. Um, their distribution is wide. Still numbers of leatherback turtles have seriously declined during the last century due to intense egg collection and fisheries by catch which is pretty horrible, and the theft of eggs by humans and illegal hunting are perhaps the most two common reasons that turtles go extinct. Can you believe that? I mean, I just, I, I, you know, I find that so hard to believe. Well, I don't find it hard to believe. It just yeah. makes me incredibly angry. Sad. Um, and sad, yeah. The when people, there's a trade, sorry. When, when there's yeah. a demand, of yeah. course, there's going to be uh, the de uh, trade of, of that, uh, I guess, extinction or, or killing of animals because someone wants whatever it is. I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's just, no, yeah. I'm not sad surprised, but I'm angry. sad and sad. quiet. Yeah, sad and angry. Sad and angry. And with that, I yeah. think that's uh, your lot tonight, people. Um, thank you very much for persevering with us. Wetsai is coming direct from oh, yeah. Vietnam. And the next time you see him, he'll be coming direct from Thailand. So it really is um, blurred around Chiang the world. Mai. Just, just, just Chiang, very nice. Just before we go, Wetsai, you have as your um, uh, name Fogar, I think. Is it Fogar or how do you yes. pronounce that? For Gar, so that's um, chicken ah. fur. Yes, one of my chicken favorites. Fur. Yes, chicken yes, I fur. love chicken fur too. Yeah, I like it much better than the beef. Yes. The beef for me is really strong, and I'm not a big. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, same. And, you, and the you've got the, uh, the very yeah. famous ban ban mi. Yes. Now the ban mi that just means roll, doesn't it? Does it just mean yeah, Vietnamese just bread. roll? Uh, bread, and I can't remember what mi means. Right. Ban is bread, but mi yeah. I can't remember. But because. I remember years ago um, with uh, Vietnamese bakeries here, they used to just put banh mi because no one knew what banh mi was. And so they just went, oh, mm. banh mi. And so people go, oh, I had banh mi. But now mm. people are very much more studious of what actually means. People don't oh, just yeah. say banh mi because yeah. they know that they're just ordering bread. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so they have to, you know, actually say what it is they want. Anyway. Good night, people. Exactly. Thank you very much. We'll see you uh, next week on uh, the new Blurt uh, on these channels. You'll probably notice we were live on Twitter tonight. Twitter tonight. We might go back to Facebook next week. Not sure. See how we go. Yeah, um, but thanks for go. joining us if you did. Thank you, Wensai, as usual. No worries.
See you later from 6,700 kilometers away. Bye. 6,700 kilometers away. The new blurt is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstarter, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter blurt handle, and there is a blurt star Facebook page as well. So if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's blurtstar at gmail.com. And we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another fee coming at you. Has been a Get Off the Glass Productions. Brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.